Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Avatar The Last Airbender with special guest Dante. My name is Jeff and my good friend Dante and I didn't speak for eight years because I did not lay off his Kool-Aid. My name is Dan and I am very bad at measuring curtains and blinds. (laughs) My name is Jimmy and my favorite song ever is Come On Eileen. My name is Dante, and I'm so bad at reading people that I've gone on not one, but two what I thought were first dates with women who turned out to be lesbians looking for platonic friends. <laughs> Been there. Oh, how, oh, how close together were these dates? Uh, at least one or two years apart. It was Dante. I actually, I actually thought I was in a relationship with someone who was a lesbian. Are in you high serious? School. Oh man, yeah. I, I never got past the first date, but like, you just took it to another level, my friend. <laughs> I was like, you know, this generation—they don't like to make things official. We're just, oh. we're dating. Oh yeah, and exactly. I was just her uh, hetero friend. Her, but her like hetero life partner. Yeah. So where did you meet? Because like a date is to me, that would just be hanging out with, uh, you know, non-romantic intentions. Was it like a dating app? Because that's that I could see where you could uh, misunderstand the signals being sent. Uh, yeah. The first one was over OkCupid back when that was a relevant uh, dating application. And mm. the second one was a woman that I met at roller derby because you know that's that's been the last 10 years of my life uh, right so she assumed you were a homosexual man uh i think that might actually have been the case okay <laughs> because the that first would... one is messed up because she was on a dating app so yeah. that's i understand how you could assume that somebody on a dating app going out to hang out would be a date yeah oh yeah exactly but you know this other this other woman just i completely misread the signals and yeah it would not be the first time that uh a woman thought that I was gay when I'm absolutely and Dante, not. As someone who has utilized dating apps, don't you think that it's a little odd that almost every dating app nowadays has like a friends section? Oh yeah, Bumble I think has that. Yeah, and then other ones may not have a separate section, but in in like the question where you ask like, what are you looking for? All of them have an option of just friends. And all I think when I see that is like, can't you make friends in no, life? No, adults can't. Really? That's adults can't make friends. Where do you pick from? I make friends from work like. Uh, but Jeff, that's because you're very antisocial. You, I know I have friends from my last <laughs> job, but my new job, I've been there for a year and like I'm friendly with people. Why are you obsessing over work? I've made friends I don't, at, like farmers markets. I mean, I'm a white man, so that's like going to happen. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about I it, just, most of my friends are from farmers markets. I just don't know where adults make friends. Dante, where do you make friends? Uh, I make friends at roller derby and I make friends when I go down to the game store because I'm a avid magic yeah there you go player, oh, that makes pretty sense much it. you know yeah shared hobbies that's a good connection yeah Jeff, you need to start roller skating well, when i would play magic in the shop and i became friendly with people i have some phone numbers we would text magic i, stuff, I became friend with people also jeff i said friendly oh daniel listen 
Anywho. Oh, yeah. yeah, so Dante, I'm, I'm glad that we're friends again. It's been a great time to be friends with you. Oh, yeah, I think we've uh, I think we've, we've been talking now for longer than we weren't. So it's been it's been <laughs> wonderful. And I, I remember was... when Jeff I remember when Jeff like introduced me to Dante because like we went to the same school, but I didn't really know him. Mm-hmm. Jeff was friends with him and and they had not spoken for a little while. And then when we started going to Comic Cons and like meeting up with Dante at them, mm-hmm. he would describe him as like he's like, yeah, this is Dante. We used to hang out and play magic back in the day. He's probably only going to buy trade paperbacks. He doesn't collect individual issues, but don't judge him. <laughs> Seriously? And now we're older. Yeah. <laughs> and, pro- I, maybe. And that was back in the day when we were like serious comic book fans because we were into like first printings and variants and stuff. And now we're all old and we're like, just give me a hardcover to put on my shelf that I don't have to worry about. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that, absolutely. Because we became like Facebook friends in 2008. And we saw that we were both going to New York Comic Con. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, let's meet up. And I, it was you or your friend that was dressed up like Carmen Sandiego. Uh, there was a friend of mine that was dressed up like Carmen Sandiego. I would absolutely do that if I could. But yeah, Dante used to actually jacket. have a. Dante did have a couple cool cosplays. Legends that I remember. of the Hidden Temple. That's the best yeah, one. Yeah, that was good. Oh yeah, I love what, Legends. What of the team did you cosplay as? Uh, I was the Silver Snakes. That's right. Silver and then I also remember an an Indiana Jones cosplay. That was the point. first that was the first time I met Dante was we went to go see uh Raiders of the Lost Ark in IMAX. That's oh, where yeah. they like re-released it. Oh yeah, that was, was the back first when I had the uh, the Indiana Jones costume. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um I was just like, "Oh, so this man is just Indiana Jones." Like <laughs> Yep. I, I made that since we're all telling everything. It was fun. Since we're all telling stories about when we first met Dante, <laughs> I walked into uh Mr. Shithy rest in peace 6th grade uh history class first period. And I was sat right behind him. And I don't remember what our first exchange was, but it was probably like, hey, you look like a complete dork. Do you play magic cards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like, I think Curtis sat uh, in front of me or behind uh, no, me. I think and... Curtis sat in front of me. So it was like Curtis yeah. and me than you. And then Gabe was somewhere in there. Gabe was, prob- cool. was probably somewhere in there. That's... Listeners love hearing yeah. about Gabe and Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would actually... That we don't talk to anymore. Yeah, I would... I just haven't spoke to Gabe, but I would love to just have them on a podcast and be like, can you talk about Jeff and Dante's relationship from 25 years ago? <laughs> I, as a listener, do not care about that. At all. <laughs> and welcome back to Talk Me Into... This is going to be the talking me into segment. I'm pretty sure I did this right. Where we talking go- ourselves into. <laughs> All right, this is the talking ourselves into segment. I've clearly listened to this podcast before. Dante, you have pretty much co-hosted an entire episode, episode 50. Yeah, I was unsupervised back then. And now and this is like episode 90 something. I know, you need to be better. You had time to learn. It's true. And All right, Dante. Feel- what are you talking yourself into this week or these last six months? <laughs> uh, the last six months, I have been talking myself into uh, therapy, actually. I, I realize oh, wow. this, this is a little bit uh, different from what you guys normally are talking not, yourselves not into. Not always. There's some There's some pretty serious, heavy stuff. I've talked myself people. into uh, therapy and mental health medication. Oh, it's very good. important. Yeah, it's extremely important. Yeah, I mean, it all started out with... Like, I think back in, like, the end of March, early April, where, like, I live alone. My girlfriend's 60 miles uh, away from me. My closest relatives are 90 miles away. And all of my social outlets have just been taken away from me. So I was just very lonely 
at the beginning mm-hmm. of quarantine and I just needed some needed some outlets to you know talk with someone and you know kind of work through it and now I'm you know working through some older like new demons that I've just got sitting in the back of my head and it's been it's been really wonderful uh cathartic and kind of eye-opening as like what is actually rattling around inside my head um and I, I would really just love to help break the stigma like therapy is for everybody and and uh i struggled i struggled for a very long time with like even admitting to people that i was going to therapy because you know you got that you got that whole thing where everyone's like oh you're in therapy because you're weak you can't take care of yourself like no like this is actually how you do take care of yourself and it's yeah it is something that i would recommend to absolutely anybody even if you think that you don't need it there's still probably something that you can that that you don't even know that you're uh, that you're carrying around with you that you can just you know work through let go it's uh and it's been absolutely crucial to my mental health and survival for the last five six months that we've been in quarantine and you know what's funny is uh a lot of people associate it with as kind of being like a scam or a money grab like once you get in you never get out i had like such an interesting experience where i i started therapy because i was having some anxiety issues mm-hmm. and after about two months he was like i think you're good and I was like, what? And he was like, <laughs> he was like, I mean, the medication you're on seems to be working. I think you're like coping a lot better with things. And uh, yeah, call me if you need me. And I haven't seen him since. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's, good. yeah, that's the thing is like I've been in and out of therapy for most of my adult life. And this is just, you know, the most recent on train because every time I think I don't need it, I should probably go back. But yeah, short term therapy is absolutely a thing. And uh, yeah, so and we're all we're all avid Howard Stern fans. Now we talked Jimmy into him and he is a very large advocate for psychotherapy. Um, he, he talks about it all the time and what it's done for him personally. And yeah, I think that the stigma should be broken. No, and also mm-hmm. as a nerd, Dante, when you're in the office or doing it virtually and you're like working through these demons, as you mentioned, do you ever just like shout out gone, gone, the son of man, arise, the demon Etrigan? Uh, you know, I have not done that yet, but I'm pretty I sure find that's it like helpful. Sessions. It's like a mantra. <laughs> 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 oh my Jimmy. goodness yeah it's uh it's, it's been great but uh yeah but there, there's plenty of telehealth options out there like you know talk space i use better help but you know go ahead find them they've got a lot of sliding scales so, like i know i'm very privileged that i've been able to keep my job throughout all of quarantine even though like yeah. i'm a librarian and, and we're usually the first people to go but uh but yeah i've been able to keep my job but if you can afford it if you can find something sliding scale therapy is just wonderful and that's good that's i like that i like positive talk do the therapy jimmy what are you talking yourself into this week i have been talking myself into batman the animated series oh that's a fantastic um, show yeah i remember watching it when i was a kid but i wasn't like super into it i was more into marvel when i was a younger 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 lad you were like, yeah, dude, when when Batman and X-Men were both on at the same time, I was late to almost every single karate class because I was like, no, mom, Batman is on. It's almost over. Yeah, I, I cannot yeah. tell you the amount of times that I have nearly missed the school bus because I was watching Batman the animated series. It's a really good show. I, I just started watching it from the very beginning. Uh, I got the Blu-ray set, I think on it was like Amazon Day or Prime Day, whatever it's called. Um, I remember talking about it on the show and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get super into this. And I don't know, lately, I think because of all the DC stuff that got announced, like, what was it, a couple of weeks ago now, I was like, 
I'm going to start this finally because I'm just like in a real Batman mood. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'm really digging it. Um, It it definitely seems a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't say kiddish, but it's definitely a little bit more lighthearted than I remember it being. Right. Everyone always talks about like the grittiness, but it was still a cartoon show. Yeah. Yeah. It was still made for kids, um, but still very enjoyable. I love how much of a smart ass Alfred is in the show. (laughs) I think it's really funny. I also still... I also still hold to the fact that the two-parter introduction of the Scarecrow is one of the scariest cartoons. Yeah. Like, the effect that the fear serum has on Batman is like, that still bothers me as an yeah. adult. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I forgotten was about pretty that gruesome. You brought it up. There's a lot of body horror in that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Like you said, the Scarecrow episode I thought was really good. Um, yeah, really enjoying it. Nice. I love how, like, the second episode is just, like, a Christmas episode. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. And it's the Joker episode, too. And, um, yeah, it's really enjoyable. Did nice. that box set come with Mask of the Phantasm? It did, yeah. Oh, oh that's God. So good. Yeah. Best Batman Probably movie. the best Fight Batman movie. I've never seen it, actually. Four oh. adult oh. nerds just orgasmed. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, very good. All right, Dan, what are you talking yourself into? Uh, I've been talking myself into something that's very grown up, but I'm also making a very small commitment to it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm talking myself into investing. Investing? Oh, like in the stock, stock market? market? Yeah. But I have okay. no knowledge and well, no... Well, because Trump has made it so great. America is officially great again, guys. Yes, I officially. mean, we're pushing 400,000 dead, uh, 30 million unemployed. Uh, what else? What are some facts? I mean, huge uh, racial bias and unrest. People rioting in the streets. Uh, domestic terrorism on a rise. Yep. Antifa. Yeah. Everyone's Very bad guys on both sides. You know, like, with, with all of those things that you're Kyle Rittenhouse, I, I have so no comment. Yeah. Everyone's wearing a wristband saying that what their uh, whole life is. Oh, wait, no, that was just the comic that we read. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I... I was like kind of interested in getting into investment and planning for my future, but two problems. I don't have a lot of extra money and I don't know anything about the stock market. I tried doing this right after the housing market crashed in 2008. Cause I was like, now's the time to buy stocks. <laughs> yeah. And I downloaded an app on my Blackberry and I was like, I don't know what any of this is. Yeah. So I didn't do it. Oh, so man. what I did, uh, as a close to middle-aged white male, just like Jeff, I decided yes. I should benefit from this economic downturn. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why like that's why I was looking to buy a house. Yeah. So what I did was I downloaded an app called Acorns. No plug. They're not giving us any money, but mm-hmm. they can if they want. I would love that. Um they just basically make it incredibly easy to invest small amounts of money. Um so I I have like two streams of income going into it. One is $5 a week. They just debit my account on the same day every week. And the other is um, whenever I make a purchase with my debit card, they round it up to the next dollar and take the change and put it in my investment account. What if you get right on the dollar even? Do they go one dollar? thing? No. Wow. But here's the other thing is like wow. that sounded very interesting to me because it was like if I buy a coffee and it's 384, then it'll just take, you know, 16 cents and you put it, it. in my that's, account. That's what the math is. <laughs> oh, I'm a banker. I can do those things. Yeah. It's my oh, superpower. Okay. But what's disappointing is they don't actually do that transaction by transaction. It's all at once. Yeah, they calculate it every week. So, so every now and then you're like, where the hell did this 363 exactly. charge come from? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyways, it still doesn't add up to that much. It's usually around another $5. So it basically mm-hmm. takes like $10 a week and puts it in my investment account. Okay. But the other cool thing that they do is uh, they have a section of their app called Found Money, which is very addictive. 
And it's literally that they just partnered with these big companies that will like give you money if you go to the this is convoluted. If you if you purchase your if you make your purchases through the Acorns app. So in other words, if I'm going to buy something from Walmart.com or eBay or something like that, mm-hmm. if I access that website through the Acorns app, for instance, eBay will take 5% of whatever I spend and not charge me for it, but just put 5% of my purchase into my Acorns account. Oh, there you okay. go. It's just it's just like part of their marketing budget. Interesting. So, so where did, where does this money that, that Acorns taking, like where do they invest it into? Like, do you get a choice so, as to what portfolios you're investing in? I'm glad you asked that, Dante, because this was important. Is it risk based? It's twofold. It's okay. risk based and also um, ethically based. Oh, okay. So what I've chosen to do? So no Lockheed Martin, right? What I've chosen to do is invest very um, uh, risky. There's probably a better word for that, but I have a long time till I'm going to need this money. Yeah, in like retirement. when you're young and you're like. Yeah. I Go want for cheap it. health insurance. Yeah, let's yeah. play the stock market. Let's play it up to the fullest. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I have a risky portfolio, but I've chosen environmentally friendly and socially progressive only investments. Okay. Because I think, you know, put your money where your mouth is. No, yeah. yeah. absolutely. That's the that's the uh, the big thing nowadays is, you know, actually go ahead and, you know, Put your put your money to the causes where you need to. That's uh, that's really cool. I'm uh, I'm really happy to hear this. Yeah. So, like I said, so far I've only invested like seventeen dollars and change, but eh, little by little, it doesn't really affect me on a day to day basis. And when I retire, they estimate that I'll have like an extra forty to fifty grand. Wow, that's not bad. Damn, yeah, I gotta so look like, into that. Do it. I knew somebody who worked HR at Sikorsky, which makes helicopters for the military, and they yeah. were like, "I could get you a job here that pays well." And I was like. No, thanks. I don't want to, you know, make death machines. So instead, I took another job where I paid taxes. I went to the government that then went to make death machines. Yeah. It all worked out in the end, guys. It's true. Yeah. Jeff, you know, my dad worked for Sikorsky for about 30 years, right? I do know that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I forgot when I said it, but also like. Cool. I I don't. It's. (laughs) I mean, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, he didn't either. Yeah. Jeff, yes. What are you talking yourself into this week? This is a big one. Uh oh. Oh no. I'm talking myself into moving. Oh, oh into moving. Yeah. Is this All why right. you tried to keep it a secret from me? You were saving it for the pod? No. Last time we recorded was a Saturday, and we didn't sign the lease till Sunday. And I just like I'm not superstitious, but I was like I'm not gonna say it in case like something happens. Yeah, Lindsay told me, it. and Jeff's like, Lindsay, we didn't sign the lease. Okay, yet. it wasn't like that. I was just like. Eh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, moving. Uh, my lease is up. Uh, we're in a one bedroom now. We're getting ready for a baby. And uh, we were going to stay, but we have some problems with the neighbors uh, who are heavy smokers and don't care about other people's health, no matter how many times they're told that they have to care. Yeah, that's a so, yikes for me. Yeah, that's, that's, yep. uh, yeah. So so technically, we told our landlord we were going to stay, but he never gave us our lease to sign. So then I was like, bye, I'm out. <laughs> Not bringing my baby to uh, an asthma creation center. So, yeah, uh, we're moving and it's it's much better this time. Dan knows me. Yeah. Dante knows me. Yep. My whole life's vagrant, baby. I'm a mover. (laughs) I'm a nomad. Jeff's a hunter gatherer. Uh I'm a boy with no home. I just go where the world takes me. So are Um, are you still going to live in New Haven or are you moving to No, the world has taken him to the dirty water. Yep. The place I hate most on Earth. Um, No, I'm moving from uh, downtown city area to a woodsy 
uh, back road suburb in uh, Waterbury. And oh, see, God, the thing that sucks is Waterbury. Yeah. <laughs> see, so this reaction happens, Dante. So I told this girl that sits next to me. I was like, I'm moving. And she's like, where? And I'm like, Waterbury. And she's like, oh, really? And I'm like, no, 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 no. But it's yeah, on... that's the exact same thing I have to say. Yeah, too. it's on the everyone Cheshire... who lives in Waterbury says this. It's on the Cheshire Woolkit line. It's, and it's not good really part Waterbury. of Waterbury. I'm Middlebury. We're we're dozing each other a lot. Boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, it's it's a nice neighborhood. It's a clean home. And, uh, you know, I'll stay here for a year or so. Uh, then we're going to look for a house. But, yeah, it just needed to be done. But from what I was saying before, I've moved a lot. My last big move, Dan knows this. There was a big purge of just everything. I yeah. I wasn't getting my security back for other reasons. So I was like, <laughs> I'm leaving half the shit I own here. So I did. And yeah, then, it was like, if it doesn't go on the truck, just throw it in the basement. <laughs> yeah, Wait, pretty was, much. Was that the uh, was that your old apartment in uh, Waste Haven? Yeah, this I, is where I see three studios. I see three studios. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I moved a lot of stuff to a storage unit, and then before I moved in with um, my wife, uh, I went through a bunch of stuff, sold a bunch of like old video games, made some money, got rid of stuff I don't need. So this, the packing has been pretty good. And uh, you didn't ask, but are you going to need help moving? No. I, I hired wondering if this was mover. Yes. Wow. Oh man, look at you. That is the it's most very expensive. thing that you can possibly do. It is. And I told Lindsay, I was like, if we're moving, I'm not asking Dan because I ask him every single time <laughs> to move. For, I'm here for you, buddy. I know, but like I, there's not much stuff. Like there's a few pieces of so it's Jeff, like, you are quite literally moving on up. I am. <laughs> it's like hour but it's based by the hour, so like I also have two weeks play, so I'm just going to have him move furniture and really heavy boxes and stuff and everything else I'm taking on myself. So it's technically the easiest move I think I've ever had in my life so far. And nice. And moving uh, in like a week and a half. I'm very excited. To nice job. <laughs> no, I'll still help you. Though. I'll come over one night and like put away dishes and shit. Oh, what a guy. Oh. I just packed up most of my dishes the oh, other day. Oh, man. I'll, I'll come over once, you know, in a couple of years, I'm sure. I'm Dude, you ha ne next time when uh, COVID is over, after 98% of the population's dead, you can easily get on a plane and not have to worry about it. Oh, get on a plane, please. I'm going to get into my Mad Max Hellscape vehicle and drive across the yeah. United States to find oh, you. Cool. Dante's going to hitch an oxen to his sledge <laughs> and just start making his what way if, east. What if it, after all the, the population dies... Yeah. Dante just looks up uh, an old video on YouTube before the internet finally goes down forever on how to fly a plane. And he just like <laughs> steals a plane. No, I just pictured when Dante, when Dante said he was going to do the reverse Oregon trail, I just pictured him lying on the side of uh, a trail with X's in his eyes. And it just says Dante has dysentery. And then he gets healed from it. Dante overcame dysentery. One of Dante's rollerblades broke. <laughs> Roller skates. You want to repair it? I don't use inlines. I use quads. Okay, fellows. Did yeah, I do it right, Dan? You did. Wow. So this, we're keeping the format the same. Nothing's changing. Drop my phone. Bingo, everybody. Yay. <laughs> oh, boy. My notes are on here. I leave it. All right. The, the format is staying the same, but uh, we're going to hand the reins over to Dante because Dante has chosen. Well, who is Dante, Jeff? Dante's my good friend. Yeah. We just talked about it for like 20 minutes. Not that much. I met Dante back in 1996, the year of our Lord. Yeah. 
and uh and Dante in co-hosted a podcast with us. He did. He was he co-hosted a comic book podcast with us. He's done podcasts on his own. And Dante, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are currently writing for a magic website called Into the 99. That is correct. I am writing for a magic website called Into the 99. If uh if you really like Commander and the 100 card formats, that's it. That's uh that's where you got to go. I do. And I've been listening to that podcast uh, I think maybe because you recommended it. And then you were like, I'm writing for them. And I was like, you're cool. Well, so, I, so I we, do what I can. So we gotta, wanted to have Dante on for a while. And uh, Jeff arranged it with him because they're, they're Biffles. And uh, Dante came up with a, a couple ideas of topics. And uh, Dante, what did you decide to talk us into this week? This week, I decided to talk you into one of my favorite shows ever. Like, not just one of my favorite cartoons, but one of my favorite shows ever called avatar the last airbender scott oh boy so that's what those blue folks right uh <laughs> yeah that is exactly what the blue folks it's dances with smurfs it's just a masterpiece of cinema all the unobtaining you could possibly want so um, <laughs> we'll, we'll just go this is what we usually do uh how did you discover avatar why do you like it why uh, do you what's think your, we'll like yeah it? what's your exposure to it and why do you think each one of us individually will like it sure that's a fantastic set of questions <laughs> but I, I went ahead and I chose it because I want to get something else on the uh, talk me into bingo card it's kind of in the cultural zeitgeist right now yes, oh. yes it very the, much is yeah with uh, let's see I think it released on Netflix or came back to Netflix yeah. uh, in June and then Avatar uh, the Airbender sequel The Legend of Korra uh, just debuted I think what two or three weeks ago on netflix as well it's yeah, the first time right. on a uh, on a major streaming platform like netflix so uh so yeah that's that's the reason why i i really wanted to go ahead and push for it but i discovered avatar back in college i think it was like 2005 or 2006 during the original airings and mm-hmm. the I mean, I went to a college that apparently had a cable, uh, a cable uh, subscription because I was you know, able to go to the dorm common room and just flip on, you know, look at Nickelodeon. I'm like, hey, look at that. There's so, Dante, a- when, when you were in college and you went to the common area yep. and you're watching uh, kids cartoons and then other uh, college co-eds, classmates walk into the room, they were probably like. There's Dante, that cool motherfucker. That is exactly <laughs> what they did. There were just women throwing themselves at me left and right. There were men throwing right. themselves at me left and right. Like I was, of course, the they talk were like, of we campus. were, we were gonna have a rager, but Dante is watching cartoons, so let's all him. Sorry, Jim. You're gonna have to beat that part. <laughs> that is exactly just a line of mouth. An accurate description of my college experience. No, I did manage to uh, find some uh, to find some friends who also were real who also were really into Avatar. They uh, they managed to talk me into it because I was a little hesitant at uh, at first, um, as you all will see when you go to watch the episodes. Uh, the style is very heavily influenced by uh, by anime, you know, the the Japanese uh, style cartoons. And, so what uh, you're saying is that you're a cute little anime boy. Uh, I wish that I was as cute as a little oh. anime boy. I have far too much facial hair to be a cute little anime boy. Same. But, uh, but yeah, we uh, they they said like this is kind of like you know this is kind of a 
good introductory uh, cartoon for uh, for folks who don't really like anime. They they uh, frequently call it like you know baby's first anime. Like, uh, but <laughs> and I and I'm not sure because like I really haven't watched too much anime, but I know that this this cartoon is just positively fantastic. Um, I know that there's at least one Harry Potter fan on this uh, on this ep- on this podcast. Dose. Uh, two. Th- there are two? Okay. All right. I, I knew yeah. it was either Jimmy or Dan. I didn't I didn't think it was <laughs> both. Um think why I why I one of the reasons why I really love Avatar is because it's got that uh that same kind of Harry Potter arc where it starts off as being uh written and tailored specifically for kids, but as the show progresses and as it reaches its conclusion, it grows up and matures with its audience and it deals with a with a lot of you know, really dark themes. He spends you know, most of the most of the uh, final season contemplating whether or not he's actually going to kill his main arch nemesis um and mm. which and which is like pretty heavy and dark topic especially when you consider that the main character is a 12 year old kid right and there's mm. your, your other parallel to harry potter where mm. it's uh where it, it's a band of kids going uh, going basically on a epic journey and a quest across you know spanning the world learn you know learning new different styles of you know magic to uh to go ahead and defeat this this all-powerful adult villain and his you know, evil empire so i'll give you a little bit of background of the of the world this is uh it's a world set in an ancient china-ish uh ancient china-ish setting which is something you usually never see in western cartoons and usually like if you do see it it's very I don't know, racist kind of racist. Pand- kind of pandering. Uh, this uh, Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konietzko, the two creators. Wait, 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 uh, Michael Dante DiMartino. Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian <sighs> Konietzko. Uh, they're the two classic show- classic Chinese names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chinese creators. Yeah, uh, they they did a lot of their own research and they hired. A lot of uh, a lot of Chinese um, animators and uh, martial arts experts uh, as consultants on the show, and as, and from what I understand, there's also a bunch of Asian American uh, scriptwriters that were uh, that were also heavily involved in the production of the show. So when you so when you go to see it, you'll see there's going to be a lot of martial arts. There are there are four distinct types of martial arts. Oh, I I forgot to introduce the world, the ancient Chinese world. Uh, there are Four nations is the Air Nomads, the Fire Nation, the Earth Kingdom, and the Water Tribes on the North and South Poles. And each of them has a, a certain amount of people who can, who are described as benders. They can bend the four classical elements of air, earth, fire, and water. Um, from Futurama? And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Uh, from Futurama. Nice. And there's this one character called the Avatar who can manipulate all four of them. Uh, it's 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 basically you know like fancy telekinesis. So you've got your uh, you've got your your fun sword and sorcery stuff. Not everybody can do it. So it's it's got a little bit of you know of uh, X Men flavor in there, where because there are some civilians in there who are scared to death of benders and think that they're that they're freaks and should be exterminated. And you've got others who you know who think that you know benders uh, should be the should be the supreme beings you know ruling all ruling over over practically everybody there is a bunch of complex uh complex uh interactions between the between the citizens and the benders and the world as a whole the nation as a whole there's a whole bunch of 
like political stuff that you don't expect to be in a children's cartoon and mm-hmm. it's uh it's just so complex and so compact for a show that only lasted four years and 60 episodes but they managed to go ahead and tell a complete story like from beginning to end um there's practically no wasted episodes like of of the fifth of the 60 episodes i can only think of one that i would that i would just never ever watch again and that's basically (laughs) that's basically the recap episode that they do near the end of uh season one or not season one season three so Dante, I want to jump in real quick um, go ahead. and talk and talk about my level of exposure and then sort of go round around the table and find out what Jeff and Jimmy know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not seen any episodes of Avatar. Uh, I don't really know a lot about the plot. I know it's like, as you alluded to, I know it follows a pretty traditional like hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm curious if you can speak to... Uh, you kind of touched on the fact that it seems to be like white American creators dabbling in anime. Has mm-hmm. there been any backlash? Cause I know it's pretty popular amongst the critical community. Has there been any backlash about like cultural appropriation or anything? Uh, not that I have been made aware of. Um, like the again, movie. Yes. The, the movie. I do the remember. Movie, yes. But yeah, we're not they basically about the whitewashed movie the movie, right? Yeah. Cause not cause, necessarily actually. I remember the movie coming out and it was just basically M. Night Shyamalan saying like, oh, the Fire Nation's all um, Indian because they're around Fire Watch. Their skin is brown. Oh, yeah. It was not great. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. In in the uh, in the movie. Yeah. All of the uh, the bad guys were were Indians. Uh, Everybody in the water tribe uh, who who had been tradition or been in the show depicted as uh, as Inuits uh, were all Mm -hmm. just plain old white people uh the oh, okay. uh, ang the main character the avatar um i think he was uh I, th- I think he was the only person of color it uh besides the villains in the movie and that was you know that was it was not great it was just really not good yeah please i remember when that, that movie, movie came out so jimmy what is your level of exposure so funny enough when this show came out i was actually the prime audience for it i was 10 years old when it first came out so I'm a, i'm a little bit younger than everybody else here um, I remember it coming out and I remember watching it. I actually watched a lot of it, mm. but not necessarily because I enjoyed it because it was all that was on at it was the time. Just on. What, did yeah. it, what did it air on? And if you Nickelodeon. don't remember, Nickelodeon. Okay. it was Nickelodeon. Nick, yeah. Nick, 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 Nick. Yeah. Um, I remember watching it and I wasn't like super into it. I thought it was, I, I think it was just because I wasn't really into like anime at the time. I'm still not really into it, um, no, but I just I. was kind of put off. Yeah, I was just kind of put off by it, so I wasn't really into it, but it was always something that I always wanted to get back into because a lot of my friends are really into it. They were into it when they were kids, um, and um, I have a friend, Colby, who's been trying to get me to watch it for for probably years now, so um, Dante, you're doing the, the Lord's work. So I am doing the Lord's <laughs> work, so yeah, your, your friend's been trying to get you into it for years. I go ahead and suggest it, and you're just like, eh, okay, I guess I'll go ahead well, and do this. We have a format that makes that possible, so. <laughs> this is why the podcast was created, to force each other to like stuff that we like, or at least give it a try. Yeah, but, and yeah. I 
this came out when I was also in college because Dante and I are the same age. Mm. And I remember it coming out, Old. not not remember paying mm-hmm. any attention to it because it was a Nickelodeon show and I wasn't watching Nickelodeon at 21. I was watching other cartoons. Nothing's <laughs> making Jeff watch Nickelodeon unless yeah. the Ninja Turtles yeah. go to Nickelodeon. Exactly. Which and they, they did. did. <laughs> and then I watched it and then I stopped watching it. Um, yeah, so this came out and I didn't pay any attention to it. But then when it was either close to being over or just finished, like I've heard a lot of hype about it. I was a member and moderator of cartoon forums uh, back then. Of course you were. And I was like, all right, I got to watch this. And then at Walmart in like the $5 bin, they had the first three volumes, I think, which was like three episodes per disc or something. Yeah. And uh, I bought them and I remember watching one episode and I don't know why I never continued. And then I don't know what happened to the DVDs. Um, so yeah, I have like no exposure, no memory of it at all. Um, I, I know loosely what it's about. Everything you explained, I knew the setting. Um, I'm not bothered by the anime inspiration because to me, it's more just like a American Saturday morning cartoon. Style. Yeah, Jeff's cool with it because he knows like at at its core, white people did it. So as long as that's <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Get into first, it. I checked the credits first, and I was like, okay, there's no names that I don't understand, or there's no <laughs> alphabet characters that look like scribbles to me. So I was like, yeah, we're good, we're good. I'm going to watch this. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's fantastic, and I'm I'm not really surprised that none of you have had a lot of exposure to it because it's been extremely difficult to find. Uh, it was one of those. Mm. It was like it was on Nickelodeon, and like if you didn't watch it when it was originally airing, um, the the distribution was just like Jeff said. Like they released like four episodes at a time in like in these mm. individual separate volumes. That's and- that's really a Nickelodeon thing. They even did that with Turtles. They do it with a lot yeah. of kid shows because like if a kid sees a DVD for ten bucks has three episodes, he'll buy it. Like Nickelodeon hasn't even released full seasons of the 2012 Turtle series, which How is dare crazy. <laughs> no, but I mean like that's a huge franchise. Mm-hmm. Releasing yeah. season sets, huge. Huge. I remember Huge. it being on Nickelodeon too, and they would just replay like the first four episodes. So like, I hate to say it, but like, I think the first three episodes you're having us watch, I've seen probably like twenty times. Well, all right. So be... Speaking of that, Dante yeah. picked six episodes uh, yep. from the first season. The specific ones will be in the show notes if you want to watch along. We're going to discuss all of those in depth right now. Okay, fellas. Yep, that's it. You did it. We're back with a new segment of Talk Me Into after you just heard us moments ago. Everything changed after the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah, everything Everything has changed. We used to be peaceful. Uh, And we are going to be um, spoiling six episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender. Dante, do you want to say which episodes you had us watch? They'll be in the show notes, but just, just quickly breeze through them. Sure. Uh, the first three episodes, The Boy in the Iceberg, The Avatar Returns, and The Southern Air Temple. And then three of my favorite episodes from season one, uh, Imprisoned, Jet, and The Blue Spirit. Those are episodes are si- uh, 6, 10, and 13. Yeah. So we should probably just dive right in. Yeah. And usually I was I wasn't like surprised by Dante's list because we've had Dave Gonzalez on. He picked like really out there lost episodes. But um, from what I know about Avatar is that there's continuity. It's mm-hmm. not like a SpongeBob where you just watch whatever and it just makes sense. Well, as I've heard about this show, I've heard that there's a lot of filler, especially in the first season. Okay. Well, I didn't know that, Jim. Well, so my point you know. still stands. Yeah. <laughs> Dante picked the first three. I was like, okay, he's getting the setting, but then mm-hmm. it like skipped ahead a little bit. So I'm like, all right, let's see what Dante's got stored for us. 
Well, yeah. do we want to start with the first three episodes, or did you want to go into the individual ones first? No, let's start. Let's sort of talk about the first three as a group. Yeah, we can do that. So we're introduced cool. to the world. I think they do a really good job uh, setting us up with an introduction that lays the groundwork. As you would expect, a show geared towards children would be spelled out pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's clearly defined, as you said, in the first part of this episode, um, the four nations, each one of them is definitely culturally geared towards the element that they represent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have mm-hmm. air ben- they have benders within their culture that can control that element. So I like that idea. Uh, it gives you a, a background. And then we're dropped into two characters from the water nation. Katara and Sokka. Who are, yeah, brother and sister who have... Sokka. Sokka. So- I spelled it wrong, guys. I'm sorry. They they reference that they've lost their mother, but mm-hmm. I don't know if we get an explanation of what happened to their father. Uh, their father was, um, I believe, sent after the Fire Nation or something, or they got captured by... He got captured yep. by the Fire yep. Nation. Yep. So he's that, like, I'm pretty yeah. sure he's assumed dead. Missing an no, no, he is. I bet he's, he's going to come back. He is he's enemy? not a, he's not assumed dead. He's uh, his status is unknown. Uh they okay. said in the in the uh, the prologue uh in the first prologue in the first episode that's um that their father and the rest of the men of the water tribe were sent off to war. So mm. uh so status currently unknown. Okay. So we get these two characters, their brother and sister, traditional like preteen bickering back and forth uh Katara is uh, a waterbender, but she definitely seems like she's just starting to yeah. come to terms with her skills, and it's all very new, and mm-hmm. you know she's still learning. Yeah, um, they're out fishing, and she's trying to use her waterbending, and her brother's just getting frustrated with her and stuff. Before and- we get too far in, about mm-hmm. twenty seconds in Uh-oh. to this show, guys, <laughs> my wife was sleeping in the other room, and she heard. The show start and yells, you can't watch Aang without Lindsay. <laughs> and she came into the room That's and watched funny. all six episodes in a row with me. And she was very excited about it. Which makes sense because like Jimmy said, he's, yeah, he's she's, in the age she's around range. My and, age. And, uh, yeah, she was probably about 13 when it came out. Yeah. And um, oh, man. Yeah. And then so, once we I'm got so to happy the fourth that your episode, wife loves this show. She's like, why are we skipping episodes? And I was like, blame Dante. It's all his fault. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so they're on their little fishing trip and they... Uh, Katara gets angry at her brother Ang. and uh and uh angry yeah angry <laughs> and uh she like accidentally like shatters an iceberg because they're basically supposed to be in the south pole mm-hmm. and yeah. uh in the center of this iceberg is this glowing blue orb and inside of that is Ang, the last airbender the avatar mm-hmm. yeah but they I don't, don't want to know that he's the, the avatar no, no, not no. yet. He's they do not. He's they do not boy. know. And he specifically, he specifically obfuscates the fact that he is the Avatar. They they ask him uh, if he knew the Avatar, and he just kind of deflects and is like, "Yeah, like I knew him, but uh, I don't know where he yeah, is right. now." Stuff like and that. And basically, bef- before all the magic stuff happens, this is just a classic retelling of the tale Encino Man. <laughs> <laughs> that Weasel. classic 1993 Brendan Fraser movie. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, so, Jack, so they, yeah, yeah. Let's hear some more plot. Why are you throwing it to me? Is it because I have a lot of notes in front of me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, um, so also frozen with Ang is a, a fan favorite character. I've learned Appa. Yeah, he's a flying bison and he's got a lot of legs. He's a cute boy. It's weird though. He's I, really maybe big. he's like referencing some sort of um, 
folklore that I'm not familiar with, but like the never ending story. He, he doesn't look a lot like a bison to me. He's like white and way huge and has like six legs. And he also has an arrow on his head, too. Yeah. It's weird that you see uh, uh, creatures and humans have the same features. Mm. Yeah. But I like that idea. Yeah, I like him. I like that he supposedly can fly, but doesn't show that right away. Yeah, yeah. and it's like a big reveal later <laughs> and Sokka on. Sokka doesn't cool. believe him. He's like, yeah, sure, he flies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so far, it's pretty mature for uh, a Nickelodeon show. It seems more like a, I don't know, maybe like teen show than a teen kid Nick. show. <laughs> uh, I agree with yeah. you, except I will say that um, it's an interesting choice. Um, well... As we're looking at these three episodes, so right. I thought that Aang was the protagonist, but at least in what we've seen so far, it's really more Katara. Yeah, it is. Um, which is interesting. But uh, they, they build that through the episodes we watch. Yeah, and I like that it's from like a female point of view, and she's also like, she's a good audience surrogate because she's yeah. learning her powers, and she's right. sort of new to this conflict. But what I meant by mature is, so like you are right, it is a kid's show, like Appa sneezes on Sokka. Yeah, there, and, and he's like, a lot of Aang is top. played for like comic effect. Right, but even in the first episode, like Aang is suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like he's having these flashbacks and night terrors mm-hmm. and he doesn't, I guess he knows, but he's like internalizing it and he doesn't want them to like have the burden of whatever he knows that the audience doesn't know yet. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it also seems like he kind of gave up a hundred years ago and just decided to like freeze himself. Cause he didn't think that he was like an adequate avatar or wasn't able to live up to his role. Am I uh, wrong with that assumption? They are uh, they are intentionally leaving that vague for this episode. You'll have, I mean, you will have discovered that because you have watched uh, episode three, the Southern Air Temple. But yeah, they they wanted to go ahead and leave some sort of air of mystery to see uh, so that you could keep watching, and uh, they will unveil his backstory and they will unveil why he's so hesitant to uh, to reveal his identity as the Avatar, and uh, and you'll find out well, exactly why he went through and uh, froze himself. We're spoiling, so I don't recall that, Dante. So why don't you shed a little light on that? So yeah, so during during the Southern Air Temple, you get a little bit more, um, you get a little bit more, uh, I suppose backstory uh, backstory on that, where he was told, he was told that he was the Avatar, because uh, again, like this is when you learn about the Avatar cycle uh, in the Southern Air Tribe. Yeah, in with the Southern the Air Temple. Yatso or yeah, with, what, yeah, whatever with, his name was. Yep, with Monkey Atsu, where he, where Aang, Aang and Sokka and Katara, they fly to the Southern Air Temple to see what's become of the uh, of the Air Nation, of uh, the Air Nomads, because uh, Aang, the Aryan Nation, the, exactly, because yeah, because in the Avatar Returns, Aang finds out that he's been frozen for a hundred years, and he wasn't, he was never meant to uh, to go ahead and stay hidden for that long. This is where he learns of the the Hundred Year War. He learns what the Fire Nation's doing. And uh, he goes back to the Southern Air Temple to see what's become of uh, what's become of his people, and he finds out that they have been uh, massacred. Uh, they're extinct, and this is where they say the title of the show that he's the last Airbender. He is the, yeah. he's the, the final one role. in existence. Yep. Uh, I so, like he, I like the the uh, world building they did in that episode too. Like mm-hmm. um, the way to get into the temple is by airbending. Like yep. that's the lock. I thought that was really cool. And just mm-hmm. like the the flashbacks were really nice too to show what like the air nation what their civilization was like. 
So like what I said earlier about how like I watched probably the first three episodes like 20 to 30 times and I remember watching this episode a lot and it always wanted me to get like more into the show but like for some reason they just kept airing those three episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, I remember watching that episode and thinking like oh this show is really cool. Like um, I was so happy when you chose this episode Dante because I wanted to see it again. And um, yeah I thought I thought it was really good. Um, Honestly all I know we're kind of speaking loosely about the first two first three episodes but like um mm-hmm. i think the third one is probably like the strongest out of the six that you gave us um in my opinion yeah, but um it's really good i think that jimmy was gonna like this episode because of what they were doing with the red and blue contrast yeah for throughout, sure like the the red with zuko and the fire nation and the blue with like the air nation and um yeah that's like plot aside just like the the soundtrack they had like it definitely set a mood there's like pan flute and mm-hmm. like really uh eastern influenced music and even like the direction is just really nice and a lot of like the we'll get into it in later episodes too but a lot of the backgrounds are they're like matte paintings and they're yeah. really beautiful to look at the animation's really good in the show and like you were yeah. saying too about the music the music i think is like I always like I kind of equated to there's this game that came out around the same time called Pikmin that has a very like cutesy soundtrack and uh, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like this and it, it just sort of reminds me of that. But um, yeah, I don't think we need to hammer through plot. But one thing yeah. we do get in these early episodes, too, that I want to touch on is the villain that seems mm-hmm. to be the villain of at least this first arc. Hey, Zuko. Zuko. And, hey, and Zuko. Zuko is uh he is a what would you call it? Like a dishonored or like he's ex- Kylo Ren. Yeah, he's sort of like been kicked yeah. out of the Fire Nation. Um, yep. We don't really get a lot of reasoning why, but he's sworn to find and capture the Avatar, which mm-hmm. he believes is a quest that can redeem his status in mm-hmm. Fire Nation. That is, so he's yeah, obviously that, that is correct. He's obviously very driven. He mentions that like his father and even his grandfather before him were after the Avatar and they failed. Mm-hmm. So, Dude, like, I feel bad that one of my favorite characters is a Fire Nation character because Uncle Iroh is awesome. Yeah, he, he's a hot tea boy. He is. He's super. Uncle there Iroh. were like several yeah. times where I laughed out loud, not <laughs> like t- to put on a show for my life, but because it was very funny. So, if we're going to continue with the Kylo Ren allegory, mm-hmm. this would be like if Yoda was traveling with Kylo Ren, <laughs> trying to like make him a better person. Yeah, kind of. That, that that is a very apt description. Uh, most fans of the show have typically have typically pitched Iroh as like the Yoda of the series, and he is yeah. hands down my favorite character in both Avatar and Korra. Like he is, he is just oh, incredible. Spoilers. He, yeah, I mean he makes and you can one see... cameo appearance in Korra. <laughs> You could see that he's sort of um, working behind the scenes to mold uh, Zuko into being a less brutal Mm -hmm. and uh, obsessed leader. He's just trying to, like, teach him and, like, sculpt him into being, like... I mean, they're both Fire Nation, so they're both, like, warmongers and marauders, but Mm -hmm. I think he's trying to uh, make him less, less brutal, less bloodthirsty. Which is yeah. an interesting look as a at a mentor. Yeah, and it's, and especially like you know, as you found out in the Southern Air Temple that he's a he's a retired general. Like so he's he's yep. spent his entire life in the military and uh, like and became become a, a decorated uh, general. Like even you know Admiral Zhao when when you meet that character, he goes ahead and bows yeah. and defer and defers respect to uh, to Iroh. And if you decide to continue the series, you'll find out more about uh, about Iroh's uh, Iroh's story 
how he has become how he became the soldier and the the great war hero that he was and how he eventually molded himself into the character that he is now where he's become you know sort of like you know the quiet mentor the yoda uh of the series and you know kind of like the conscience of prince zuko Hmm. um i actually wanted to bring up just um we haven't talked about like uh, the creators and stuff that much about in this half, but do you guys look at the credits at all? For I this noticed show? in the third episode it said Dave Filoni. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, Dave Filoni did the first episode. See, too. I knew that he worked on Legend of uh, Korra, but I yeah. didn't know he was on Avatar. I think so, this is where he got to start because once I saw that, I remember the Mandalorian gallery episode with him talking about working at Nickelodeon, mm. and that's oh, okay. true. Yeah. Whoever was whoever was pitching Clone Wars knew him from nickelodeon and then gave his art to george lucas mm. and he had like gotcha. a very interesting interview with george lucas so what role did he serve on these directors oh he did direct them. oh he was he did storyboard is what i saw oh yeah he directed the first episode and i think like the sixth i don't remember okay. but yeah that's cool yeah, but, yeah, yeah so um, there's a part yeah, so i only uh, Dante Dave... mentioned mm-hmm. oh no oh, go ahead continue. go ahead i was, I was no, just you. gonna ask like i say i only know dave filoni from avatar what else has he done Oh, that's so he's weird. Done basically the entire um Star Wars animated universe. So he did Clone Wars, Rebels, um I'm not sure if he did the newest one, Resistance. Resistance, he may have like executive produced it, but he's famously also transitioned to live action. He executive produced um The Mandalorian with John Favreau and he directed two episodes of The Mandalorian. Yeah, he's like the new George Lucas. Basically. Oh, okay, yeah. Mandalorian, that was a that was a spectacular show. I love that one. He's he's part of the Star Wars story group, too, so he's like literally sculpting the trajectory of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, so Dante brought up Zhao, who's like the head of the fire people, right? uh, He's the uh, the admiral of the fire navy, yeah. Yeah, so he's the... And um, there's some tension between Zuko and him, and they, they, uh, they get in a duel to just see, like, who's balls are bigger i guess you know it's just just boys being boys it was a dick measuring contest yeah, yeah. so yeah, um, which it. i really like that because zuko pretty much wins but also question about the mechanics of bending dante and sure. i don't know if you'll know this or not but okay so when katara's bending water she, she needs takes, actual water she takes water out of the river and mm-hmm. when ang is bending air he uses the air around him and when mm-hmm. we see uh earth benders bending earth they're picking up rocks moving them well from we here find there. out in an upcoming episode yes. that they're imprisoned in a uh, ship with no earth so they can't bend exactly mm-hmm. when zuko and Zhao are going at it they're creating fire are they just do they ever acknowledge that because there's not fire that they're taking and throwing they're creating it from their hands right it's not like a x-men uh situation where what's his name pyro or whatever yeah. has a lighter that he keeps with him right no, yeah, um, that that is just kind of hand waved uh, as uh, as one of those things that just kind of happens. Um, okay, and it, it was, I'm good it was with one it. of the it's things. A cartoon. That, <laughs> yeah, it was one of the things I that just... Shyamalan changed in the movie. Like in in the movie, Shyamalan was just like, no, like they have to go ahead and have fire around. Like it's kind of stupid. Yeah, I like it's that. interesting because it, it makes them a little bit less powerful compared to the other benders because it's easy mm-hmm. to find water, earth, and air all around you. It's kind of you know difficult to you know in an ancient Chinese setting to carry a Zippo with you, right? Oh, what well, about a heart bender? They could have hand waved it like they could have worn gloves that have like little flint and steel, so they create a 
spark at least but mm-hmm. i get what mm-hmm. i get yeah okay that was that was all i had to say and then makes it more menacing but, I but feel also like. like even by episode three like ang is dealing with the death of uh his monk and mentor and mm-hmm. it's just it gets really deep already and yeah. how and even with the zuko part when um they're talking about like uh anger and using that and like all that loss there's just so much like little nuggets of deep stuff for a kid show that maybe kids don't pick up maybe like preteens would i don't know but i thought that was really cool that especially for nickelodeon because i don't really remember many shows on nickelodeon especially animated where they had like through storylines yeah well Uh, i want to jump go ahead dante no, no, I was, I was just gonna say, like, I'm really, uh, I'm really happy that, uh, that you all picked up on that. Like, I, I thought about, uh, about skipping the Southern Air Temple, and I'm glad that I didn't, uh, just because I felt like, like it was really the beginning of the, like, of the uh, emotional, of the emotional impactfulness of, uh, of this story, because it's real. This is really the first time that you see Aang feel anything other than, you know, like, like guilt over joy who he is uh, <laughs> or happiness right like this is where you yeah. start to see that like he actually does have more than half of a personality he feels regret he feels yeah. remorse and loss and uh and it's really it's really um i think indicative of what the show is willing to do to hit those emotional <laughs> beats going forward so to piggyback on what you're talking about, um, you did skip episode four and five, which I thought, I mean, maybe I missed something in four and five. And, and if we're talked into it, maybe I'll go back and rewatch them. But mm-hmm. I thought you did a pretty solid uh, job of picking the next episode because it feels like a pretty smooth transition. In retrospect, yes. But at the end of episode three, as I was going to play episode six, I wrote down, Ayo, Donna, why come you make me skip episodes? Because I really wanted to see what was going to happen next. Oh, but I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything plot wise. I fully understand what's happening in episode six. Um, The group is on their quest. Yes. And they come to an Earth tribe. We did miss. We're going to move on from episodes one, two and three, unless anybody has anything else to say. Nope. But we did miss the introduction of Momo. Oh, Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Momo, the Jar Jar Binks of the series. He, yeah. oh, he is not Jar Jar Binks. He is worse than Jar Jar Binks. Wow, hot take here. <laughs> Dan came into this episode saying, "I have uh, the lukewarmest takes for all the episodes we're recording today," and here he's dropping hot fire takes. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I just think, <laughs> like, I get the purpose of adding characters of comic relief, especially as you're going to start fleshing out Ang and his backstory he he can't be just like hitting one-liners and throwing fruit at people and stuff yeah mm-hmm. so i get the introduction of a little cute animal but he's a little lemur guy as a character it's it is what it all is all right let's move on to uh the next three episodes he did have one of the actually in episode four he did probably have one of my biggest laughs was when uh it looks like katara was air, was earth bending yes and then the <laughs> fire soldiers were so dumb yeah they're like oh my god that lemur is earth bending that was like that oh, is the yeah. stupidest thing i've ever seen but it was so funny I so yeah it. jim what, what happens in episode six uh basically in this episode they they come across what uh they're talking about like an earth tribe and um turns out basically all of the fire nation has been taking all of their earthbenders prisoner and um uh one they come across a kid who's like earthbending Haru. and um and they're like oh man uh, you're an earthbender maybe you can teach ang how to earthbend and um from there they find out that he becomes 
uh, he gets taken prisoner because he's trying to help this old man who snitches them out. Yeah, that was so messed up. I know. This old guy gets... He get, a whole entire mine falls on him. Yeah, and he's laying mm-hmm. there like, "Help me!" And then some earth is bent and rocks are lifted, and he's helped. And then this guy goes and snitches on his yeah. hero, on his savior. And then George Takei it comes is to George take him. Yeah. Oh my! Yeah, dry oh, God, oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, uh, from I there, George Takei in this episode. He's I was the like, warden, right? I looked it up. Yeah. I was like, that's George Takei. Yeah, I, did I have too. to know. I was literally typing it in to look it up. And then he said one phrase and I was like, I don't need to. That's George Takei. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Balloon knot. Yeah, that was really it was probably the part where he's like, I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, from there, um, they want to basically they want to find out where the earthbenders are being held captive. So they make it look like uh, Katara is an earthbender so that she can be taken. And uh, from there, they they find out they're in this place, like we talked about before, where there's no earth. It's all metal. They're on and, a big ship. Yeah, because yeah, the Fire Nation, they're kind of like the mob here. They're taxing local businesses. They want to mm-hmm. keep earth bending like down to suppress the power that could overtake them. Mm-hmm. They're eating gabagol. They're, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, from there, uh, this is a pretty Katara-heavy episode. This, I was like, oh, this is a Katara episode. And um, from there, they um, she basically needs to like, uh, hype up all the earthbenders saying like you have to rebel you need to get out of here and they find out that there's coal on the ship and they can use that to earthbend but like first they were hesitant because they'd just been beaten down to shit by the uh, fire nation mm-hmm. and, also uh, funny story coal is not made of earth does anyone know that but me it's, no I didn't isn't it made from like wood and rocks yeah it's or- not rocks it's organic material that's basically been like mm-hmm. well that's compressed well, I mean, whatever they're gonna hand wave it yeah it's yeah. a cartoon it looks like a rock therefore it is a rock <laughs> yeah. but i like how they do that how like they just use the the tunnel system and they get creative because it's like he's not just pushing air and using force they're getting creative with it yeah it's oh, interesting yeah. use of powers i like when they do that even in the x-men comics when like uh this has nothing to do with avatar but i think it was his kevin smith run when he tried to take the dumbest power and make it really powerful so mm-hmm. it was like what if a mutant could transmit like one ounce of liquid yeah and that was it and then he decided to put like this really high potent drug in the middle of somebody's brain and they od'd i'm like that's cool that's mm-hmm. a cool use of a power and i like when things do that what a tangent yeah well i'm just i'm comparing <laughs> Is everyone else waiting for katara to just sink the ship since no, they were surrounded by that. water that would have been cool. Yeah, I was like, there's a it. lot of water around her. She's going to do something awesome. Oh, yeah, but and it was I, cool and I, to see her just inspire the... She's still pretty early in her, her water bending powers yeah, at this point. Oh, yeah, um, but, uh, but yeah, from I'm, there, I'm they... Really, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, just wanted to pick, I just wanted to piggyback real quick and just saying, like, I'm really happy that Dan brought that up because I've seen this episode so many times and I always thought to myself, like, why didn't Katara uh, just... You just try to go ahead and and overtake the ship, and I thought it was a telling character moment uh, for Katara, uh, setting her up for the rest of the series. That she she's the kind of person who wants to set people up to help themselves. Right. Uh, she yeah. she has no real uh, desire to be a savior. That's that's really Ang's position. She is you know, she's more of like the rabble rouser and the uh, let's see and it kind of like the motivational speaker. Um, she right. wants people to to discover their true strength uh, as opposed to demonstrating how powerful she is. And I think that this basically, was basically, yeah, she learns that you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot bend the water to kill George Takei. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hated everything you just said right there. So, yeah, so, so Jimmy, I'm no, sorry but I agree with you. you it's, it's 
definitely a big character uh, episode, which yeah, this, I, this I enjoyed. Yeah, this is a really cool episode. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I remember watching that this one as a kid, too, and thinking it was not cool then, but I think it's cool now. Apparently, so, Jimmy's going to talk us into Avatar based well, on his yeah. childhood experiences. I watched. I think I watched five out of the six episodes that, uh, <laughs> that Dante chose. So the next episode, Jet, which is named after the character Jet, which is mm-hmm. his name. Oh, I thought uh, it was. I was like really waiting for them to pay the licensing bum, 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 <laughs> for the song. Yeah. Bum, bum, no, bum, bum, Jet by ba- by uh, Wings. Oh, I thought the band Jet. Jet. Like <laughs> Jet. Uh, but yeah, this is another episode where it starts out on those really nice backgrounds, and it's like red, and they're in the trees, and it's really cool. And um, yeah, so Jet is kind of like Rufio from the movie Hook, right? He's just got like a group of weirdos with him. It's partly oh, yeah. that, but I went to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, especially mm-hmm. based on their hill- treetop fortresses. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. got to say, in this episode, Sokka really wanted to be the leader, and I immediately had to write down, so that's the plan from our great leader. <laughs> <laughs> He's following his instincts, Jim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, so uh, like they, I, it, it is kind of like Robin Hood, and I think that... Uh, it doesn't get too deep into the lore. It's kind of like a one-off episode, but it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool tale. Well, they do an interesting twist on the Robin Hood or Lost Boys aesthetic. Yeah, they're actually which, jerks. Yeah, they're not good people. Right. Yeah. So a lot of this episode was just really cool fighting and pretty good animation. Like when they were fighting in the trees and they're falling and like Avatar uses or Aang uses the uh, the air to help out. And then Jet has like those hooks and he's swinging from branches like a little monkey guy. Yeah. Wow. No, I thought it was cool. I thought this was a good episode. I I also like um, how Jet isn't just like, he's not like insane. He's just like poorly motivated. Yeah, he just has bad morals. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, it's a lot of greater good talk that like that happens in the real world. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. we're going to have to sacrifice this village, but we're going to get rid of the Fire Nation from this whole area. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool that a kid show went there. Like, they could easily just make him like, oh, he just went bad or whatever. But, like, no, he was always like that. And people just look at him like he's, like, the king shit, you know? They also do the thing. Like, I kept waiting for, like, uh, uh, I'm bad with names, Sakaru? Saka. Saka. Or I'm, like, combining things. I kept waiting for someone to, like, somehow get to the dam before the explosion and stop the destruction and then they don't and i was like yo did they really just kill that whole town there's one shot of the town being destroyed and you just see like a teddy bear floating and i'm like oh boy (gasps) yeah oh yeah and for a second you're just like oh man they actually did it yeah but i thought they did a nice job of showing like the little flashback of uh sokka getting everyone to leave the village and the really nice storytelling beat that it was the old man that Sokka tried to protect yep. that ended up vouching for him to convince the the village to leave. Mm-hmm. So that's really smart storytelling. They brought it back full circle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, that was so, really well done. Yeah, I, I chose this episode because I wanted to kind of highlight a like a Sokka episode because the first three are fairly yeah. centric on on Aang and what the what the overall plot is so but uh yeah in prison was your Katara episode uh Jet was supposed to be the Sokka episode so you can see that like he's not just a bumbling dolt the entire time and mm-hmm. he actually has you know like aspects of his personality you see what his values are but I also wanted to go ahead and show like like a the fighting and this was I thought just incredible and yeah um, I re- that was the and- highlight of the episode for me yeah, and B, I wanted to. Sh- I thought this episode was indicative of uh, 
more uh, themes that they play with throughout the rest of the series that your good guys are not always all good. Um, mm-hmm. Like this, this is this is not the first time that you see a character like Jet who starts off with something like you see it might be good motivations, but then um, you know then there's unintended consequences or you know, like acceptable losses, things like that. And it's uh, like it's another just like one of those heavy topics that you don't expect to see in a children's show where they're they're trying to deal with themes of like the morality of war and like, and what it actually means to, you know, to, to wage war. And I I thought it was just a, a brilliant storytelling episode. Um, And uh, I thought it was a really nice, like self-contained episode they handled the moral ambiguity with a, a really deft touch. The last episode you had us watch was episode 13 of season one called The Blue Spirit. And this one, uh, Zhao is using archers, Yuyin archers. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's like a historical thing. I'm sure it is um, to capture Aang. And Sokka is sick. So Aang is trying to get medicine. He's trying to get like these toads that he has to suck on, which is kind of sick, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, which which is gross and also really funny because mm-hmm. there's like that medicine woman. Yeah, that yeah. He, he goes to to get the toads, and uh, there's this this character, this masked character, the Blue Spirit, and it's kind of like, who is this guy? This whole time that's helping out Aang um, against the Fire Nation, who's like trying to capture him, and like, there's a lot and they of do, yeah, no, they do, mm-hmm. and there's there's a lot of great action scenes in here, like with the whole archers just you know pinning him to the wall, and that stuff. was very cool. And mm-hmm. like them trying to escape on like these stilty things and like mm-hmm. just about getting there and they don't like there's a lot of people or there's a lot of times in this show where like what you expect to happen just doesn't you think they're going to get over the wall and just like, run away and they fall into the wall and they don't get away. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. there's a there's a big reveal at the I'm just going through everything and we'll yeah, talk about do it later. It. Yeah, go through and it. the whole time I was like, this dude Zuko, he's not all that bad. And it is because you see his burnt ass eye underneath the mask. See, I actually had another theory that I, that was obviously proven wrong. I thought this was somehow going to be uh, Sokka and Katara's father. Yeah, oh, no, that's a good that's a good thought, too. I mean, for some reason, I just thought it was because I was like, I was honestly surprised. I have to say, yeah, oh, but it, I knew it was coming. It was it was a very good reveal, even though I assumed it was Zuko. I like the way that they did it because they didn't Same. make it a big deal. They like lifted it a little bit. You see his eye and Aang is kind of like, whoa, and then just leave. I guess I didn't really put together the motivation, which in hindsight I did, which is that it's not that he wanted to free Aang. It's that he, he wanted to, to be the one to capture. Yeah. Him, yeah, which makes sense. It's still it's still blurry. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that pretty deep for a kid's show. Like exactly. I don't know if it's a not- kid who would see the reveal that it was Zuko and be like, Oh, because he wants to capture right, like Jimmy the, uh, earlier this episode talked about watching Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a lot of there's there are some like gray characters there, but like Joker's just bad, right? He's yeah. just evil. He's a bad guy. We know that and we know he needs to be stopped. Mm-hmm. But Zuko isn't. Mm-hmm. He's got layers. Mm, the villain of Mask like of the Phantasm onion. is very gray, though. OK, I was just using Joker as an yeah. example. Just trying but, to no, I get guy. what you're saying. I fully agree yeah, with yeah. you mm-hmm. that I that it shows a level of character complexity that you do not see in a lot of animated stuff so dante you picked this episode out of 60 for us to watch so yeah this one is one of this is one of my favorite episodes of the entire show um like oh this is as good as it gets uh, I'm out. This, this this is not as good as it gets. I promise it gets. I promise it gets better. Um, I think this is. Uh, yeah, this, this is a, a. This is supposed to be my Zuko episode uh, for you. Okay, for you cool. All. 
um, because I, I wanted to show that like like Zuko is not just like the Joker, right? Like he's not just this one track um, obsessive kind of person. He does have layers and he does have com- uh, complexity to him. It's also funny that you bring up the Joker because Mark Hamill, who voiced the Joker in Batman the Animated Series, comes into Avatar season three to voice Fire Lord Ozai. Uh, who is the big oh. bad guy uh, at the end? Basically, the Voldemort of the series, right? Um, <laughs> but getting back to the, getting to, back to the Blue Spirit, um, I think this one this one uh, also does a spectacular job of highlighting the relationship between Aang and Zuko, and also show and also demonstrates um, Aang's commitment to kind of uh, to kind of pacifism because like, you you see like a lot of the a lot of the uh, the fighting during this episode, Aang well and and even through the the other episodes that I've uh, walked you through, Aang does a lot of like ducking and weaving. He really doesn't hmm. go out and strike until he's like, more passive. He, yeah, he's very more passive. He he's uh he's he mostly just is acting in self defense. Uh, he's like he doesn't really want to go ahead and hurt anybody unless he is in imminent danger of you know dying or something like that, or he's ju- just trying hmm. to you know be defiant or whatever. Um, but that uh, but specifically that. Um, that conversation that uh, that Ang and Zuko have in the middle of the woods after Ang saves him, because you know, as Jeff said, like he gets knocked out, and while they're trying to rescue him, Ang goes ahead, picks up picks up Zuko, whisks him away into the woods, and then they have this conversation where Ang says, you know, like back a hundred years ago, I had a best friend in the Fire Nation, and we were like, and we were besties, we got into so much trouble together, and if we were born a hundred years ago, like could we be friends and then zuko just kind of you know does the the punchy thing and ang flies away um mm-hmm. but it shows like it shows the amount of i think it shows the amount of maturity uh that that ang has and the amount of like unnecessary weight that he knows is on his shoulders yeah um yeah to uh and 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 uh, his his commitment to trying to to be a peacekeeper rather than a warrior, because here he is trying to extend a hand to a person who he knows is out to get him, who knows is out to kill him, and you know, mm. trying his best to go ahead and you know, basically make friends. And then eventually, like at the end of the episode, you see Zuko just kind of like well, you see you know Ang and Zuko um, doing this whole uh, like dichotomy thing where. Katara asks, like, did you make any friends? And Aang's like, no, I don't think I did. Obviously talking about Zuko. And then it cuts to Zuko in his bed laying at a ceiling. He looks over at uh, a mural that he's got of the Fire Nation emblem. And then the end of the episode ends with Zuko turning his back on the Fire Nation emblem and and falling asleep. Ooh, that's which, metaphorical. Which is extremely metaphorical because it's, it's the first time that you see that, uh, that Zuko is doubting his commitment to... Uh, to his mission, to uh, to his redemption, and thinking that like maybe there's something else beyond like you know beyond uh, the goals that I've currently set for myself, and it's yeah. uh, and it really sets up his character on the uh, the very rocky road that he uh, that he traverses throughout the next uh, fifty something episodes. And I think you you chose good episodes here. Um, yeah. I, I talking think, about episodes, right? I don't mean to cut you off, Dan, but go cut him off, Jim. Do it. Dan knows me. I was, I was, uh, I was talking to uh, my friend who's really into Avatar, and I told him the episodes that you had us watch, and he said that um, uh, it was kind of weird that you didn't include uh, episode twelve, the storm. Do you have any reasoning behind that? Um, Without spoiling, I, yeah. Why I mean, do you suck, Dante? How come your decisions were poor? 
I only had six episodes is is basically <laughs> it. And um, like, it, okay. they, the, the Blue Spirit is my favorite, uh, is one of my favorite episodes. Um, and I really wanted to go ahead and, and I thought that, um, other that, uh, that Jet was a better Sokka episode than the Storm is. Like Storm is, Storm is still okay. a pretty good Sokka episode. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and get Jet uh, because like it also, features the uh features the whole um you know like your know, good guy ambiguity the uh, the moral gray area that the entire show kind of operates in and also just as kind of like to whet your appetites for season two jet makes a reappearance uh as a oh. uh, like in in a kind of in a pretty in a pretty major subplot during uh during season two so this is not the last time that you see jet or his uh freedom fighters Oh, All right, cool. Dante, this is usually the part of the conversation where we're going to give you some overall thoughts we have, and then you can rebut with a final push, and then you'll ask the question. So sure. one of you fellas, what are your overall thoughts? So I have some overall thoughts. Great. I'm glad you do, because that's what we usually do. I think that um, uh, the fact that this is an, an anime um, Asian inspired show that, that was clearly like intended for American audiences rather than, um, imported to American audiences. Um, it was a nice balance for me of traditional American, um, plot lines and stories and cultural touch points with anime aesthetics. In other words, I like the level of, um, detail that is paid to, uh, character, emotion, acting, uh, and even like action fight sequences that you see in, in, you know, real anime, quote unquote. But I also like, um, I feel that at least the episodes we saw followed a much more traditional American cartoon arc. Hmm. Um, in other words, the episodes flowed from one to another with a continual storyline, but were also self-contained enough that I didn't feel I missed out on things. Um, mm-hmm. by watching individual episodes. So I, I like the balance that struck. Um, and, and also like some things that stuck out to me. Uh, I think the writing was strong. I think uh, there were moments that the, that the animation was more successful than others for me, particularly in action sequence and like close up, like acting shots. I thought some of the mid range stuff um, of them, like walking or flying was a little reminiscent of like, Pokemon where you're getting like you it's know, cheap it's affordable yeah, it happens like, in like every 60 frames that repeat over and over again yeah, type yeah. of vibe which mm-hmm. is to an extent a um a choice of the genre I'm sure They're I thought like the action scenes were very fluid yeah for sure um I also really liked as Jeff and Jimmy commented on early the soundtrack I think it it helps paint the background of this world mm-hmm. and just sort of like sets the tone and stuff so yeah, that's that's sort of where I stand. Jimmy, you got overall thoughts? Uh, yeah, I pretty much. I mean, like I said before, I've seen pretty much all of these before. This is just you're me, great, Jim. Yeah, this is just He's me. Looking. So cool. <laughs> Look at Jimmy. I've seen Avatar: The Last Airbender thirty times. <laughs> um, Talk me into it, Dante. This is um this is me seeing it with an adult lens, um which is really helpful. So I you think- watched it naked. Yeah, for the most part. Um, <laughs> um, Wang's out for Ang's. Oh, my out. gosh. <laughs> you realize he's a 12-year-old kid, right? Well, Not only, he's technically 112, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, true. Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah. Honestly, I thought it was all really enjoyable. I don't know. The only problem that I have is I don't know if it's nostalgic because, like, I grew up watching this show. Right. 
Um, so I'm sort of like, oh, am I excited for the next episode because it's like, oh, I'm going to be reliving my childhood or is it just a really good show? But honestly, I think it's pretty safe to say that it's a really well done show and like there's not really anything that would be pushing me away from it. Jimmy, stop. Um, You're yeah. spoiling it. But, well, we have to talk after we give our answers, Jim. You still don't know my answer. Don't blow it your entire no. load. I'm going to be a laugh if he's like, I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything that Dan said. It did remind me a lot of Usagi Ojimbo. I talked these did, fellas yeah. into that. Um, there's there are there, there's fables in there, too. There's the the continuity, the canon of the overall story. But then there's a little side stories with jet Mm -hmm. and then other characters making appearances and they just, it's, it's Ronin stuff, right? It's like the, but he is on a traditional hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. And that's very much like Usagi Ojimba. So it did remind me of that, which uh, I think Dante's allusion to Harry Potter was pretty apt. Like he is, the chosen one there's right, that whole vibe right mm-hmm. so yeah i don't He's have to bring balance to the force jeff i don't have too much more to add right here is what i'm saying so dante do you have any final pushes to get yeses out of us um i don't think i have much more of a final push uh just to just to address the whole nostalgia thing jim i don't know how much of uh, the show that you've actually watched um but i think probably that- like yeah, I would probably say like a season. I'm probably seeing like the full first season. Yeah, so I think that if if I talk you into this and if you decide that you're going to explore the the, the second and third seasons, uh, just know like I know I know plenty of people who came into this as adults and have still like and have still said to me like that this is just an incredibly well done show. Like there's there there's no nostalgia goggles for people who like who came into this like into like in their their 20s and 30s and they're and they're seeing this. Okay. uh the the storytelling beats uh, uh continue to get better they uh they pick up a new person for uh on you know, team avatar in the second season who is uh, almost Ooh. universally uh, re- oh uh regarded as a as a fan favorite um oh you and... almost said reviled yeah you almost did. i was like <laughs> i almost said universally reviled. hated yeah. you're no. you're doing a terrible job at talking us <laughs> so, into yeah. this yeah hey you, if you yeah, like this season two is real bad favorite. Yep. Um, All right, you know, Dante. Um, but yeah. At so this it's point, great, it's great stuff. You are allowed now, finally, to ask us the most important question you'll ever ask anybody in your entire life. Okay. So, Jeff, Jimmy, Dan, did I? I was just gonna say Dan was last. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's just because like J and J, like you know, they uh, like they 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 mesh. There's a little. Don't explain there. yourself, Dante. I approve. Dan is last. In okay. My heart too. All right. Let me. All right. I'll restart. Dan, Jeff, Jimmy. <laughs> oh, now I'm last. <laughs> all right. I'll do it one more time. Dan, Jimmy, Jeff. Now you've all been last. There we go. Right. Yes. I'm egalitarian about this. So, fellas. Did I talk you into Avatar The Last Airbender? Yes. A resounding yes, yes in the house. Everybody is standing yes, up it. and applauding. The ovation is wild. Can you hear this, it? I'm honestly surprised that Jeff liked this as much as he did. Yeah, it was fun. And I think having my wife there be so into it, too. It's like a <laughs> fun thing that we're going to watch because it was like having Dante with you. Someone to like talk you into it while you're watching and kiss it. in between commercials. Yeah, it's cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it was really fun. And like it sucks because 
Um, it's not like I've had a lot of downtime lately, but I've had like, you know, 20, 30 minutes to kill. And I'm like, I want to watch another episode, but I don't want it to like mess up before yeah, I, I didn't watch before I record. Like, I don't want to accidentally talk about another episode. But yeah, no, it was it's it's fun and it's really easy to consume. Yeah, I agree with all that. Plus, um, one thing I didn't mention in the first part of this episode and when we were talking about our exposure is I have not seen any of this or Legend of Korra. But uh, a few people that I know are hugely into Legend of Korra, even more than this. And, uh, like, I've heard a lot of comparisons between the Legend of Korra and, this is very divisive now, but my favorite Star Wars film, The Last Jedi. Yeah, it's very divisive. But, uh, so I'm really interested to get through Avatar and uh, The Legend of Korra. I'm excited to see what all the hubbub is about. Also, it sucks that I'm a yes, because as soon as I was watching this, I was like, oh, I got to read, like, the comics and stuff. Because apparently, Dante, I don't know if you you do anything other than the cartoons, but, like, there's a lot of stuff that, like, fills in gaps and continues stories, I'm told. Uh, yeah, that yeah, that is very true. I haven't read a lot of the comic books, but uh, the one that I can absolutely recommend is called The Promise. I'm not going to say anything about it because the plot of that okay. is a major spoiler for the rest of the series. So just, yeah, after you see that, read after you see the whole series, read The Promise. It's uh, quite good. And Jim, so you were talked into it. Did you know, like, pretty much early on that you were going to be talk- talked into it? Um, in the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm back in this. Um, <laughs> I'm which, back, which is, baby. Which is funny because I wasn't really that big of a fan of it when I was a kid. Like, um, I remember it being on. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, OK, I'll watch it. Um, I remember watching the movie and I was like, oh, boy, this is about to turn me off from the entire thing. <laughs> I think it won the most Razzies ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I was pretty into it. Like as soon as I watched the um, the last Air Temple one or the Southern Air Temple episode, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is up for I'm really into this. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like my favorite thing ever. I wasn't like completely yeah, blown away by it. But it was enjoyable yeah, enough and easily consumable enough that I'm like, I'd like to see where these characters go. I watched go. them all in one sitting. It was like two hours. Yeah, yes, fine. It was no, really yeah. fun. Yeah, I, I, I rewatched them all in one sitting last night just to make sure that I was still like up on the plot points. And like, of course, like, I was. Um, but yeah, like, I, of as I, as I, as I continued, I'm still, I'm still into it, guys. Watch them, I was, uh, I, th- I was, was what I was more confident Dante, that what if- my. My cho- my choices and episodes were um were were good because I I went through the first thirteen episodes of the first season, uh basically over two days to try to figure out like what were the best ones and I was originally just gonna have you do one through six and then I was like yeah like four and five are kind of like they're kind of campy <laughs> weird um but uh but I I encourage you like go back watch them I think you'll understand like why I didn't choose them as representative episodes right. um but they're still mm-hmm. good in their own right and uh and I I can't wait until I uh until I see you guys all uh finish it because I would I would love to chat with you about uh, about how you feel about the, uh, yeah, the overall series and especially especially like Legend of Korra like you know just go ahead like blow through that disclaimer it is a like it's a different show it is it's obviously set in the same universe but it's uh it's a different it's a different flavor of show, um, and nice. I don't want—I don't want to say much more about it. But uh, like, you know, you're don't go into it expecting to see like Avatar two. Like, it is this—it is a different show set in the same universe and touches on different themes. And um, I, I like it for well, different Dante, reasons. Yeah, we have a surprise for you. We are going to have you back on this show. 
What? You're going to have that's me back not on what the I was show. Say. That's not the surprise? I was going to make a joke, but okay. since Jeff decided to do that, <laughs> let's continue. What's your joke? Well, I was going to say we have secretly flown to Portland, Oregon, and we are in a nearby <laughs> hotel, and we're going to do a live episode about uh, The Legend of Korra. I thought, I, usually, we're pretty we're on the same wavelength here. Yeah. We like look at each other Jeff, and know. tell the real thing. Dante, this yeah. was fun, and we want to have you back. Oh, fantastic. And I'm really We don't excited. know when that will be. But one day soon, we have decided that we are going to talk you into one of our favorite bands. We've been wanting to talk about this show, this band for a long time, but we all like them. <laughs> so now we can. We're subjecting you to them. The oh, Gaslight goodness. Anthem. The Gaslight Anthem. Okay. Okay. He doesn't know them. Perfect. Great. <laughs> you're not, you're not <laughs> a secret like, fan of I the know, Gaslight Anthem, are you? I know of the Gaslight Anthem because I've you know been friends with you guys for uh, for a long time, and I heard you talk about the Gaslight Anthem for uh, for years and years, but I have never once listened to any of their songs. Oh nice. boy! So we're gonna put together a list of things to listen to. We'll get it to you. We'll put it in the show notes of the episode before it airs. We don't know when it's gonna air. We'll talk about that off air, but we'll have you listen to a bunch of stuff. We're gonna have you back on, and we are gonna talk you into the Gaslight Anthem. There's gonna be a lot of singing. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> lots of oh, singing. Dante likes to sing too. So. He might join in. All right, Dante. So other than Into the 99, what else? Do you have anything else going on? Are you podcasting currently? I knew that you used to do like a Star Trek Discovery thing that's coming back uh, in October. Are you still doing that? Uh, that has that has kind of been sidelined for the moment because my uh, my co-conspirators on that uh, that podcast, we are all in very different places due to COVID. One of them's going through a divorce and uh, like it's uh, well, you know, like, that's fine. It's kind of a mess. <laughs> um, but anyways oh what are the uh, reasons for their divorce could you get into, <laughs> into the finer details so but, did you try uh, to yeah, talk we're, them we're, into we're, staying in their marriage <laughs> uh, but yeah like quarantine's just been hard on all of us uh but yeah normally it's uh called okay. the Geek embassy watches um we're gonna try to go ahead and get out some uh get out some more episodes but we're gonna we're we're gonna see where that lie uh, where that where that comes up uh in the future otherwise you can just find me uh on twitter and on instagram mostly talking about magic cards because that's about all I can do nowadays. Um, I am at yeah. Dante Informal on both platforms. And if you're really into Commander, check out uh, Into the 99. Our podcast is into the number nine, number nine.com. So when are you going to be on the podcast or they don't want you? Um, one of one of these days, uh, they're they're making they're making okay. their way through because uh, you know, we've got a bunch of writers on the site and you know, and I just I just kind of have to wait my turn at this point. So at some point, okay. but yeah, well, I don't know I don't know when in the future. Yeah, it's a good show. I listen to it. Uh, so Dante is at Dante Informal on yes. the socials. Jeff, where can you find the podcast on the socials? You can find the podcast on Facebook. I guess I deleted it. I don't use Facebook anymore. Yeah. We're on Twitter at Talk Me Into. Uh, we all use the account, so you're talking to one of us at any given time. Or all of us. Oh, <laughs> wow. Every other word is typed out by one of us. Um, and you can send us an email. Talk me into at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, but you can't leave a review there. Send us an email, like I just mentioned, guys. If you feel so inclined. Yeah, obviously. If you don't feel inclined, don't. don't do it. I implore you not to. Yeah, uh, we're on patreon.com slash talk me into. Jimmy has been editing a cook with us pizza video, I believe. Or he, he Sure. Yeah. I sure have been. Uh, and, and we're on YouTube. You could find uh, a lot more content on there. 
really fun stuff. Jimmy, where can people find you personally on the internet? They can find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Post some more stuff on my own personal YouTube account because the show sucks. Just kidding. I love the show. Dan, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter talking about lefty politics, food, and poop jokes under the name Danny underscore breakdown. Jeff, People Bring can us find home. me on Instagram at large heart on collider or my other Instagram account, Magic the Clippening, where I post pictures of magic cards with really gross fingernails. You can find me on Twitter at J E F F F F F. That's Jeff with five F's, the number 27. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Keep dozing, 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 dozing. What? Dozing, 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 dozing. Come on. We didn't even plan that. No, I hate all of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I do random um, quotes from Teen Girl Squad and nobody ever gets it. Cerebellum! Possum! <laughs> the ugly one! So-and-so! Let's just all Sparrowed. blow out. We should all blow out our voices doing strong bad quotes. So the next <laughs> six episodes are, thank you for listening to talk me into. Good. I mean, great and good. Good. <laughs> when you fall in the bottom of this pit, you die of starvation. Homestar Wado. <laughs> Tunes. Games. Is he called? Characters. I'm, I invited him. I got scroll buttons like the night is long. Jim, sometimes you have to sometimes you have to look at the main screen. If he's activated another call. Open a chat. In. And then you can start from there. Alright. Just be like, hey, what's up, Daint? You fing <laughs> dozing bitch. You dozing ass bitch. You bitch ass dozer. Oh my God. I don't have to move my body. I could just move this. Let's chat on Hangouts. I can't feel Send my invite. face when invite I'm with it. you. But I love it. it. Yeah. And I, I love it. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Send video call. Bingo. It's slippery. Does it happen to say written and directed by Quentin Tarantino? Because that might make it less separate. It, that, I didn't laugh at that because it wasn't funny. I was like seriously considering you, considering buying that case for you for your birthday. And <laughs> then I was like. really funny. Why is this so hard? It should be very, very easy. Do you want me to come over there and show you how to do it? I'm doing Jimmy? it. I, I sent him a video call. I used it with Tina Horn like two weeks ago and it worked perfectly. I don't know. I'm not Tina Horn. Why do I feel like this is not Dante's problem, but is actually Jimmy's problem? Definitely. Definitely. Although he could have initiated a call too, and he didn't. He's not acknowledging my messages. Says it's still calling. See, it says calling, and that's his little fucking mug right there, so. Wait, keep, keep the computer like that. <clears throat> What's that say? Page is unresponsive. Google Hangouts, Hangouts video call. Is it the internet here? <laughs> that would be really funny. No. He says he can hear us. Jimmy, this is a you problem. Is it? What the f***, Jim? <sighs> Tell him to stay on the line. Dante, stay on the line if you can hear. Check your settings, Jimmy. <laughs> it's not. Okay, so it is my problem. He says he can see us as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's even funnier. I wish all of this was recording. This would be great.
It is oh, yeah, recording. I can see his uh, Jimmy's webcam is lit up. But I don't have my... What the f***? See, Dan, take it back. I'm doing good. Jimmy's f***ing up. I didn't say you were f***ing up. I said you don't do anything. <laughs> at least Jimmy's trying. Yeah. He's not. failing, but he's just trying. not working at all. All right. What the frick? How about we just record without hearing Dante? That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be really fun. <laughs> just give pauses where you yeah. think he's going to speak. And then it'll just sound like IC3 like he's dozing us. <laughs> so we're like, so Dante, tell us about Avatar. Pause. Pause. He's probably done now. Sound. Jimmy's literally Googling sound. No, I'm sound. not Googling. <laughs> I am going into here. It should be coming in through here. Hey, Google, how do I hear sound? He says that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. I love technology. technology. What's that from? The Simpsons? Nope. It's from Napoleon Dynamite. Dante, can you uh, talk? That's a car. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. What? The actual f Now it should be working. Dante, you there? No, now I just can't hear me as well. <laughs> yeah now the our mics are lower still can't hear them well now the, our headphones are off there now they're oh back my God. do we need the commentary right now well do you need sound to hear <laughs> not from us he needs to hear Dante. oh that's right yeah because my google hangouts is frozen i think that's what it is so restart yeah I'm what browser are you using chrome oh, okay use um try safari maybe because I've had problems with video on Chrome and Firefox on a Mac. Can you hear me? I can hear you on my phone. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't my microphone. What if your voice stopped working and you thought it was working? <laughs> um, uh, I can't video chat on this particular machine. That's fine. We don't need it. Yeah, we just need audio. Asking about. So what if you just do a call jimmy like not a video call yeah that's what call. i was trying to do originally dante do you have skype would that hold on hold on jimmy's restarting yeah, no no hold tell him to hold on jimmy's restarting the call on on a, on google but on his own uh oh shit web browser my own web browser well on a different web browser <laughs> safari jims welcome to jim safari with no animals is it always like this when you guys have your son no. no, never. I don't know why it's like this today. It worked like instantly with Ian both times. It's just Dante and Dave Gonzalez. You know it's true. Everything, Everything I do. Do's, he do's for you. Um, What was I saying before? It was going to be something good. Tell me something good. Yeah, sing it. Yeah, that's that all I know of that song. Yeah, that's Tell all I know. Well, of course Dan knows more. He's the only one. Cause I'm the only one who walked across the fire for you. And I'm the only one who was of my desires for you. There's only peace in you. The demons that you have from when all your promises are gone i'm the only one see jim this is why you need to record at it's all times. being recorded yes ask dante about recording independent audio 
Dante, you know how to record independently, right? Um, I've got Audacity, so I think so. That's like, all you I need. Don't do, I, I don't do this very often. Yeah, that's all you need. Okay. It better be perfect, Dante. Jeff pitch, pitched you as a professional podcasting expert. <laughs> he pitched me as a professional. Well, that was his first fucking mistake. He, oh, he wow. claimed you were a co-host of some epic level comic book podcast about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Whoa! There we go. Keep dozing, 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 dozing. What? Dozing, 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 dozing. Keep dozing, 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 dozing. Yeah! Dante, just so you know, Jimmy Fixie, and you're very loud. It'd be louder than Whoa! usual. Oh, <laughs> Okay. So let's yeah, we're good. kill this messenger call. I can call feel then. my yeah, headphones vibrating. Dude, Jim, congratulations. <laughs> that was awesome. Congratulations. That's fantastic. You played yourself. <laughs> Holy Christ. That was worth it. That was worth everything. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can do the same. Or Dante can go first. Yeah, Dante, do you want to go first? He's a special guest. If you want, He's a I'll special go, boy. If you want, I'll go first. All right. Let's go reverse order. Dante, mm. Jimmy, Dan, Jeff. All right. All right, Dante. Do you want to bring the segment in, or do you want us to? Um, really you guys funny. bring the segment in. You're all the professionals. <laughs> Dante, you've listened to a few episodes, like you know. Uh, you've been on an episode, yeah. So you know, like about you know, these are just like sort of quick things of what you're into. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cool. All right, Dante, bring us in. <laughs>